This is Dr. Benny Tate, and I would like to thank you for tuning in to this week's message at Rock Springs Church. Wherever you are, I hope this message encourages you and helps you grow in your walk with God. Here's this week's message from Rock Springs Church. In Exodus chapter 6, in Exodus chapter 6, verse 6 says this, Wherefore say unto the children of Israel, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, and I will rid you out of their bondage, and I will redeem you with a stretched out arm and with great judgment, judgments, and I will take you to me for a people and will be you a God. And you shall know that I am the Lord your God, which bringeth you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. Let us pray. God, as we bow our heads and our hearts in your presence, Lord, I pray you would anoint me with this, for this strategic hour that I may preach with Pentecostal power. <laughs> may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. In the previous service, many men, women, boys, and girls gave their lives to Christ. I pray for a better even repeat than that. <laughs> I pray that many people will come to know you in this service. And God, for all you're going to do and have done, I praise you. For I pray this prayer in Jesus' name. Till you come, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I want to talk to you about the Passover celebration. Speaking of Billy Graham, Billy Graham said that when he started preaching, he said, after I'd been preaching for a little while, I got a letter from a professor at Cornell University. He said, it didn't impress me. He said, the professor said to me, uh, you have great oratorical skills. You have great charisma. You're a great communicator. And then he said, but Brother Graham, I really believe for you to be successful in ministry, you need to leave out that blood teaching. You, you need to leave out that blood teaching. And Billy Graham said, upon hearing that, I was more determined to preach on the blood of Jesus than ever before. And I'll say to you today, folks, I'm more determined to preach upon the blood of Jesus than ever before. Because I know in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Amen? Thank God for the blood. Thank God for the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, let me, let me talk to you a little bit, and then I'll get into the message. I guess this is getting into the message too. The father of the Jewish faith was a man by the name of Abraham. Abraham, God promised that Abraham, he said, from your seed, your seed shall be, the star, be like the stars of the sky and the sand of the sea. I'm really going to bless your seed. 
But you know the story. Abraham's 100 years old before he has Isaac, his son, the promised son. And Isaac has a son. His name is Jacob. And in Genesis 32, verse 28, Jacob's name gets changed to Israel. Israel. So Jacob, or Israel, he has 12 sons. His fourth son is named Judah, from which we derive the word Jew. His 11th son was named Joseph. And if you know the Bible, there was sibling rivalry even in those days. And the brothers sold Joseph as a slave. But what those brothers meant for evil, God turned around and used for good. And you know what I've learned? God can take the hardships of life and he can turn around and he can use it for good. He can use it for good. And Joseph literally became the second most powerful man in Egypt. Now I want you to understand something. Egypt was 400 miles from Israel. And there, becomes a, there comes a famine in the land and Joseph is over the food supply in Egypt. So all these Israelis, they come to Israel. I mean, they come to Egypt, excuse me. And everything is going pretty good. But then the Bible says something. It says in Exodus 1 and 8 that Egypt got a new king. And he didn't know Joseph. And that new Pharaoh said, with all these Israelis coming in, they might try to overtake my kingdom. So he said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to make them slaves. I'm going to make them taskmasters. I'm going to put them working in the heat, making bricks, working with mortar. And ladies and gentlemen, for 400 years, the children of Israel ended up as slaves. But a leader comes along by the name of Moses. And God said to Moses, Moses, I want you to do something. I want you to lead my children out of that bondage. And God said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help you. Here's what I want you to understand, Moses. He said, I want you to tell the children of Israel to take a lamb and sacrifice that lamb and take the blood of that lamb and you put the blood of that lamb on top of the doorpost. You take hyssop and you dip it in blood and you put it on the top of that doorpost and you put it on the side of the doorpost. He said, I want every Israeli house 
to have blood on the top of the doorpost and on the sides of the doorpost. You say, Pastor Benny, why was that? Blood on the top, blood on the sides. Blood on the top, blood on the sides. Because God said, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to send the death angel throughout Egypt. And the oldest son of every house, I'm going to kill. I'm going to cause great confusion. But he said, when I come to the Israeli houses, I'll see the blood. <laughs> when I come to the Israeli houses, I'll see the blood over the doorpost and the blood on the sides of the doorpost. And he said, Moses, I just want you to know, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. So you got to understand, from Moses to Jesus was 1,400 years. And every year, from Moses to Jesus, the Passover was one of the seven Jewish feasts that the Jewish people celebrated and still celebrate. So you got to understand, a few nights before Jesus was crucified was the Lord's Supper. Pastor Benny, what was Jesus doing in the upper room a few nights before his death with his 12 disciples? He was celebrating the Passover because he wasn't Mexican. He wasn't American. He, he wasn't Filipino, Asian. He was Jewish. And he was celebrating the Passover. And he said to those disciples, men understand something. All your lives, You've celebrated the Jewish Passover. But I want you to understand, I am the Passover. I want you to understand, like 1 Corinthians 5 and 7 says, for even Christ, our Passover is sacrifice for us. Understand something. Of all the titles given about Jesus, you know, he's master, he's healer. But of all the titles given to Jesus, the title that's used the most is the lamb. The title that's used the most to describe our savior is the lamb. Oh, goodness gracious. I'm gonna tell you, I believe if a mosquito would bite me right now, it would leave singing, there's power in the blood. Let, let me tell you. The, the title that's used to describe him the most is the Lamb. That's why John the Baptist stood on the Jordan River and looked up and saw Jesus and said, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. 
He said, guys, I am the Passover lamb. Now, what gave him the criterion to be the Passover lamb? Did he meet the conditions? Well, there had to be three. The Passover lamb, according to Exodus 12, verse 5, had to be spotless. God said, don't you bring a lamb that's lame or blind or halt. You bring a lamb, according to Exodus 12 and 5, without blemish. You, you bring one without blemish. 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19, for as much as you know, you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. He was the perfect lamb of God. So the lamb had to be spotless, but I, I, I realized something else. The lamb had to be slaughtered. See, they brought the little lamb up and they would rip the lamb's throat. And the little lamb would let me explain something. A family would take the little lamb into the house. It had to be approved by the priest. They would take the little lamb into the house. The priest had to approve it so it was without spot or blemish. And they would keep it for a few days. And they would get close to the little lamb. But then they had to rip his throat. And the little lamb bled out. And then the little lamb was skinned. He was skinned. And then he was hung on a hook. And his little forearms were spread out. And then the meat was roasted. See, he was not just killed but he was slaughtered. Isaiah said, he was oppressed, he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was brought as a lamb to the slaughter. Jesus was not only killed, but he was tortured. The artists are kind. We don't have a clue what he really went through for us. He shed his blood, ladies and gentlemen, not because he had sinned, but because there was no hope for you and me 
outside of him dying for our sins. That lamb, that lamb was spotless. That lamb was slaughtered. But that lamb had to be shared. You said, Pastor, expound on that a little bit. Oh, I will. In Exodus chapter 12, verses 3 and 4, each family had to offer up a sacrifice for their sins of their family. But wait, every piece of that lamb had to be eaten. And Exodus tells us that if your family was small and you couldn't eat all the lamb, you had to take that lamb to your neighbor and say, I just want to share the lamb with you. <laughs> I, I, I just want to share the lamb with you. Somebody said, oh, you, 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 you don't want a big church. You don't want a big church. I, I, it's not about a big church, but what it's about, folks, is sharing the lamb with everybody because everybody needs the lamb of God. Everybody needs Jesus. Everybody needs the lamb. That's why it's imperative that we share the lamb. Now, understand something. Passover. I was reading Luke chapter 22, verses 17 and 20, and I noticed multiple cups. And then I did my research, and I found out when the Jewish people celebrate Passover, there are four cups. There are four cups that are filled with wine when they celebrate Passover, when they celebrate the goodness of God. The first cup is the cup of salvation. They celebrate it by reading Exodus chapter six, verses six and seven. Look what verse six says. Wherefore say unto the children of Israel, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the bondage of the Egyptians. I will bring you out from under the bondage of the Egyptians. This first cup, ladies and gentlemen, when we celebrate the Lord's Supper, it symbolizes salvation. It symbolizes I was lost, but now I'm found. It symbolizes I was on my way to hell, but now I'm on my way to heaven. It symbolizes that I had no peace, but now I have joy unspeakable and full of glory. It symbolizes that God has forgiven me and my sins are cast into the sea of forgetfulness never to be remembered against me again. It symbolizes salvation. Don't you thank God for salvation because of Jesus Christ? Oh, I tell you, I do. I thank God for salvation. I'm grateful that God thought it. Jesus brought it. The blood bought it. The Bible taught it. The Holy Spirit wrought it. The devil fought it. But one night at midnight, I caught it and I got saved. 
This is what I know. God formed me. Sin deformed me. Religion tried to reform me. Education tried to inform me. But only Jesus transformed me. Save my soul. Charles Spurgeon said, morality may keep you out of jail, but only the blood of Jesus will keep you out of hell. Amen? It's the cup of salvation. But wait, it's not only a cup of salvation. There's a second cup. Let's read. It's the cup of deliverance. It's the cup of deliverance. Now, now I'll read the verse. Wherefore say unto the children of Israel, I'll bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. Wait. And I will rid you out of their bondage. Many people never get past cup one. Because all they want is fire insurance. <laughs> they just want to get out of hell. But listen, I'm, I'm not talking about you, I'm talking about me. But I needed more than fire insurance. See, I, I not only needed a savior to get me out of hell, but I needed a savior to get the hell out of me. See, see, this, this cup right here, it's about an event. But this cup is about a process. The, see, this cup is about you going to heaven. But this cup is about you having heaven on earth. You said, now wait, Pastor Benny, how do, what, what are you talking about? I'm talking about this. Paul, Paul said, I want to do good. But when I plan to, evil is still present. I want to do good, but every time her name is mentioned, I hate that lady. I want to do good, but when I'm alone, I still pull that stuff up on my computer. I want to do good. But instead of giving, I have a propensity. I really just want to spend on me. I, I want to do good. But I, I can't seem to get my mouth right. Those words still come out. I, 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 I want to do good. It's the cup of deliverance. It's the cup of deliverance. You said, preacher, what, what's the secret? Look here, folks. Here's all I'm going to say, and I'm not going to count long. I'll preach an entire message on it sometime. The secret's the power of the Holy Spirit. Because unless there is within us that which is above us, we'll soon yield to that which is around us. 
You can't do it on your own. You can only do it through submitting and saying, Holy Spirit, I need more of you. Holy Spirit, I need more of you. Look here. The, the only way to get more of God is to give God more of you. The only way to get more of God is to give. And I got to hurry. Well, I can. They sang, took a lot of my time. Cup three is the cup of purpose. Look what the scripture says. And I will redeem you. I will redeem you. What does that mean? It means to buy something back for its original purpose. See, sin stole God's purpose for our lives. Because Ephesians 2, 8, 9, and 10, especially verse 10, says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus under good works. I, you were made on purpose for a purpose. <laughs> You're a unique person with a unique passion because God made you for a unique purpose. I was with a young preacher yesterday. I could tell he had a low self-esteem. And I said, son, you're not one in a million. You're one of a kind. And God's made you for a unique purpose. God said, what I want you to do, I want you to drink cup one, the cup of salvation, I want you to move on to cup two and get victory over those things that are pulling you down. I want you to get to cup three because I've got a purpose and a plan for your life that is good because I want you to move to cup four. It's the cup of family. Look what the Bible says. I will take you to me for a people. Wait. Not I'll take you for me for a person. God said, no, no, no. I want to bring you to a people. I, I, I want to bring you to a people. Because I've got a family for you. I, I want you to start out with a cup of salvation, cup of deliverance, cup of purpose, because I, I want to connect you to a family. This is my hand. It's valuable. It'll be real valuable here in a little bit. But if you cut it off, and put it out in the yard, it's no longer effective because it's disconnected from the body. And I know people get angry with me. I, I know they do. When I tell daddies you shouldn't be on the golf course on Sunday, you ought to be in church with your family, I know they get angry. When I tell Travel ball on Sunday is a device of the enemy. I know they get angry with me. When I say going rodeoing on Sunday is wrong, I know they get upset with me. 
You say, well, why do you preach it? Because let me tell you something. The enemy wants to disconnect you from the family. The enemy wants to disconnect you from the family. The enemy wants to disconnect you from the family. Well, it's the only day I've got. Come up real close, Bubba. It's not your day. It's the Lord's day. It's God's day. You say, well, I may just get up and walk out, and everybody will know I'm plowing your corn the moment you leave. Why, why, Pastor Benny, help me? Why do I need to be with the church family? I, I, right quick, I, I'm trying, folks. I just prepared too much. First of all, contribution. The greatest need you have in your life is the need to be needed. The great, I don't care, I don't care if you've got more degrees than the thermometer. The greatest need you have is the need to be needed, sir. My mother, I used to call her and say, Mom, you going to church today? Got to go today, boy. Well, why, Mama, do you have to go today? Well, we're having lunch after service. <laughs> Pastor Harry Green's already called me. What did he call you about, Mom? Well, he wanted to know if I was going to be there. Because Pastor Harry Green said, Melba, you are going to be able to fry the okra, aren't you? She said, son, them women over at the church, they don't even know how to fry okra. And she said, every time, they want me to be there to fry the okra, boy. I don't know if they needed the okra, but my mama needed the okra. And you've got okra too. Every one of us have a desire in our hearts to contribute. You need a church family for contribution. You need a church family for, for community. You know why the devil wants to destroy relationships in your life? You know why you have so much friction in your family right now? You know how, why you have so much animosity with other people? Because the enemy knows how much you need people and he wants to destroy it. And then you need celebration. There's something about a group of people just coming together and celebrating the Lord. Just celebrating the Lord. Now I'm done, almost. <laughs> but you know why I praise God for the precious blood of Christ? They can come to the instrument. Four reasons why I praise God for the precious blood of Christ. First of all, it justifies. See, when I think about my life and I think about all I've done and I think about Romans 5 and 9 says that I'm justified by the blood. You know what that means, folks? It means just as if I've never sinned. All that stuff that I've done, all that stuff you've done, 
God said, as far as I'm concerned, it never happened because I don't see any of that. All I see is the blood of Jesus. All I see is his blood. But God showed me something too. I knew by his stripes we're healed. I knew the blood provides healing for our physical bodies. But God showed me something. In Hebrews 9 and 14, when he says the blood purges our conscience. The blood helps us with that emotional pain. That mental pain that we're struggling with. Only the blood can purge our conscience. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. Sinners plunge beneath that flood Lose all that guilty stain. Lose all that guilt. You say, oh, Brother Benny, you don't know the guilt I'm dealing with. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, the blood of Jesus Christ can purge your conscience. The blood of Jesus can purge your mind. Let me tell you thirdly, I'm just, I'm excited, folks. I can't help it. I'm ready to charge hell with a water pistol. I'm just excited. But the blood of Jesus Christ, it keeps on cleansing. <laughs> it, it keeps on cleansing. First John 1 and 7 says, but if you walk in the light, as he is in the light, you have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ cleanseth. Wait, folks. It doesn't say it has cleansed. It says it cleanseth. It never loses its potency. It never loses its power. There's been times in my life when I messed up. You say, preacher, me too. What word do you have for me? What will wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What, what will make me whole again? When I messed up, what will make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And lastly, folks, the blood of Jesus gives us power over Satan. I'm no match for him, but the blood of Jesus is. Because the Bible says in Revelation 12, verse 11, they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. When I was in the hills of Tennessee, 
we used to sing an old song. I started singing it this morning at five o'clock. I claim the blood that was shed on Calvary. Those precious blood stains were made there just for me. For all my sin, my sickness, and my pain. When I need healing, I claim those precious blood stains. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. Thank God. Hey, can we take a moment and just praise him? Stand our feet. Just praise him for his blood. Just praise him for his blood. Thank you, Lord, for the blood. The blood of Jesus Christ. Thank you for joining us for this week's message from Rock Springs Church. If you would like more information about Rock Springs, be sure to follow us on social media or connect with us at rockspringsonline.com. Join us right here next week for another message from Rock Springs Church.